the one lady talking about, we're not Nazis or anything. We don't perpetuate hate. We're worse than Nazis. We're just about spreading love and just education. And you are about celebrating people who wanted to subjugate black people. How do you not interpret that as perpetuating hate? Not only that, how do you interpret that as spreading love, though? Today we are talking about the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Who are responsible for perpetuating bullshit well yes bullshit (laughs) such as the lost cause narrative that if you don't know what that is by now come on if you heard our confederate flag criticism and controversy episode you know what we're talking about if you didn't listen to it after you listen to this please because these two episodes technically go hand in hand Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk a little bit about how the UDC, or United Daughters of the Confederacy, started, and what some of their goals are, were, yeah. are, still are. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't have the same goals for like 130 years. And yeah. um, I wanted to dive more into the lost cause narrative. So some of it is going to be a repeat from our episode about the symbolism of the Confederate flag. But a lot of it will not be because we'll be talking mostly about specifically the role the UDC has played in perpetuating the lost cause narrative and then the shit that they're up to still to this day. <sighs> what fucking word. Still to this day. Can we talk about also white women victimization? Their victimization mentality, rather. Not that they are victims, but let's we're going to talk about that shit because that pisses me off. Um, yeah, I got some bullshit to read about that right here in their goals when I get to that. Mm, mm, mm. Ready? Lego. Okay. Reading off their website was very interesting because I'm just like, y'all just work to uphold patriarchy, white supremacy. They are the gatekeepers. White men benefit most from white supremacy, but white women uphold white supremacy like Mm. nobody's business. They perpetuate that crap. And they've been doing so for quite some time, and they're going to keep doing it. But go ahead. The UDC was founded in Nashville, Tennessee on September 10th, 1894 Mm -hmm. by Mrs. Caroline Merriweather Goodlett. I'm sure we could just call her Caroline Goodlett, but, you know, she was not a person at the time. No, none of these women In 1894. (laughs) And Anna Davenport, who they call Mrs. Lucian H. Rains. Fucking ridiculous. Why can't you just... You're not your own person? She was from Georgia. That was the co-founder. The UDC was the outgrowth of numerous ladies' hospitals associations, sewing societies, and knitting circles that worked throughout the South during the Civil War to supply the needs of the soldiers. The tenets of the UDC are historical, benevolent, educational, memorial, and patriotic. And we all know what patriotic (laughs) means. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, white supremacist. That's what it's synonymous with. Their goals include some of the following. To honor the memory of those who served and those who fell in the service of the Confederate States. To collect and preserve the material for a truthful history of the war between the states 
they had a different definition of truthful at the time, it seems like. To record the part taken by Southern women in patient endurance of hardship and patriotic devotion during the struggle and in untiring efforts after the war during the reconstruction of the South to fulfill the sacred duty of benevolence toward the survivors and toward those dependent upon them. So, veterans and their families? Why can't we just say that? To assist descendants of worthy Confederates in securing proper education. Worthy Confederates, though. As opposed to... Unworthy. And, I mean, who's determining this? We're not sure. Because if you have worthy, you have to have unworthy. Who are the unworthy Confederates, please? Yeah. So the UDC draws its members from descendants of Confederate soldiers or the Confederate government. By the way, it does not necessarily have to be people who fought in the Civil War or people who funded the cause. The chief purpose of this organization is mostly commemorative and historical to preserve and mark sites to gather historical records and other material to celebrate historic occasions and through offering prizes, encouraged student essays on the historic South. That's very interesting. The thing that people are not aware of about the UDC. Yeah. I'm going to just call them that throughout this episode interchangeably with United Daughters of the Confederacy. They have a major role in specifying what goes into history books regarding the Civil War and Mm -hmm. prominent figures at the time. We saw somewhere that one of the examples was they wanted to make sure that certain Confederate figures were mentioned as often as Abraham Lincoln. They didn't want Abraham Lincoln mentioned more than them. They didn't want Frederick Douglass mentioned more than Confederate leaders. That was just one example. And then regarding the student essays on the historic South. It's indoctrination. It is indoctrination because they want the South to be remembered in a very specific way. As heroic. Way. As heroic, but also as having suffered a great loss. Yes. And as having been bullied by the North, right? The North was trying to take their fucking rights away. That's it. And that's the thing that really irritates me about the UDC is that they'll throw crumbs. They'll be like, it's not that that we harbor hatred for the North. They just didn't understand where we were coming from. And it's that sort of thing, right? It's that whole situation of like, well, they weren't technically bad people. It's that victim mentality. They were just bullying us or they were beating up on us and they were trying to take our rights away. And we have the moral high ground. We're actually right. We align with the Bible and Christianity. And they we're not saying that they don't. We're just saying that they're not us. You're perpetuating lies and hatred. Just because you say you're not doesn't mean you aren't. You're perpetuating this wonderful thing that was never the Confederacy. But you mm-hmm. you turn around and saying the Confederacy that was built on hate, that was built on the subjugation of one specific type of people. We represent that, but that's not what we mean. That's not who we are. 
which is it? You can't be part of the Confederacy or be a supporter of the Confederacy without supporting the one thing that it stands for, even though they've been trying and actually, for the most part, to be quite frank, succeeding in reworking the history of the Confederacy's role in the Civil War and in the country in general. They've had some level of success in rehabilitating that idea in the minds of the South and in the minds of the rest of the country. Terrifying. It really is. But they had a lot of money behind them and they won a lot of white people over, right? Because the thing that they had in common with the white people of the North is that they both hated black people. And so you could unite over that cause. The white citizens of the United States over that, which is what the UDC, amongst other organizations like the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. that is what they accomplished. So, like I said, the UDC had a major role in spreading and perpetuating the lost cause interpretation of the American Civil War, which downplays and dismisses slavery as the cause of the war and emphasizes states' rights in general Mm -hmm. as the reason for secession. It just really interests me. Every time someone says it's about states' rights and then you ask them, what were those states' rights? And they ain't got nothing to say. That's how you know. They know it was slavery, but they don't want to acknowledge it. No, 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 no. It was never about slavery. It was about states' rights. And you'll be like, okay, so what were those rights? And they're like, uh, uh, blink, blink, blink. It says here in this article that the UDC was, and I would say still is, instrumental in ensuring that the characterization of the war in textbooks adheres to the lost cause narrative. And if you don't know, they've been a major contributor to the creation of Confederate statues and monuments. This article says that these became increasingly controversial in the late 20th and 21st century. And I would argue that shit has always been controversial. It's like white people talking about how, like, all of a sudden this is racist. It's been racist. It's been racist the whole fucking time. It didn't magically become racist after 2015 or after 2020. It's just that. The platform wasn't there to speak. The platform about it. wasn't there. There were black people protesting this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Now we ain't gonna learn about it because we don't start talking about black people protesting until the fucking nineteen sixties, which is a Some but anyway. Black people have been protesting that shit for as long as it's been going on. For as long as it's been going on. It's just the protesting for black people used to end in a lot of cases in death. Yeah. Or imprisonment then it was sometimes death but mostly imprisonment now there are still people getting imprisoned don't get it twisted there are some black lives matter organization leaders right now in prison there are people who are at black lives matter rallies doing nothing but protesting mind you also though there is a bail fund specifically for people who get imprisoned during civil rights protests. What kind of fucked up bullshit is that? That we have to have that in place? Why are they imprisoning people for exercising our right to protest? Because some people are allowed to, i.e. white people are allowed to, and the rest of us have to watch our fucking backs. I remember when we were protesting just in 2020, me and my sister, I was fully expecting, I was like, it wouldn't surprise me 
if we got arrested here. I was like, I don't really want to get shot by rubber munitions. I really don't want to get tear gassed. I knew that was a that was a chance I was willing to take. I'm like, I don't think they're going to do the dog thing anymore. Now they've got rubber munitions and tear gas and stuff like that. I knew a few people that that happened here in my city and not just my city. It's all was all over the place because they did not like what the protests were about. So when you sit here and say things like, well, now all of a sudden it's racist. No, it's been racist. It's just now a lot more people are speaking out about it and it's more. And we get it on camera now, right? Now that now. You get video of every fucking thing. We didn't have that at the time. Right. I wanted to say, too, when you brought up the rubber munitions and the tear gas and stuff. Now they got entire pamphlets you can grab online about how to guard yourself as a peaceful protester against Mm -hmm. violent attacks orchestrated by the police. What is wrong? And then you've got to worry about the police. I remember watching it on TV where they were setting up to protest and they had first aid stations and the police were coming through and kicking down the first aid stations. They were disassembling them and destroying them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the lost cause. This lost cause narrative is an interpretation of the American Civil War viewed by most historians as a myth. Why most historians? Not all of them. Okay. White supremacy. Viewed by most historians as a myth that attempts to preserve the honor of the South by casting the Confederate defeat in the best possible light. Like deifying, was it Robert E. Lee? Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis. Mm-hmm. Andrew Stonewall Jackson. Garbage individuals like that, yes. It attributes the loss to the overwhelming union advantage in manpower and resources, which, which is stupid. No, that's not true. Okay, so we didn't say this in our Lincoln's Dilemma episode. We talked about it in a little pre show video that we did and released on social media. But the Confederacy got funding from European countries. Mm-hmm. The Union didn't even have that. No. So to say the Union won because they had more manpower and resources is not true. And also, let me just say this. The South could have actually allowed black people to fight in combative roles and possibly have won. Now, they were not going to do that. No, they made them cooks and other things and not tend to horses and yeah by the way they were forced they were not asked they were forced into that servitude right fighting to preserve the confederacy that thought of them as lesser than and their natural and normal inclination was to be subservient to the white man right that's part of the lost cause ideology is that white slave owners were benevolent Mm -hmm. and And enslaved people were happy they were content as human property apparently barely human property also too can we get into the fact that lincoln had to institute the first draft because people didn't want to fight for the war Were they saying that they had superior manpower and stuff? They didn't. They were running out of people. Yeah, we had to like scrape by essentially. Exactly. People were having to be forced. So this lost cause narrative has no legs and still it's being perpetuated. They want to paint it as they were under attack. Mm hmm. The Lost Cause became the philosophical basis for the racial violence and terrorism used to reverse Reconstruction 
and for spreading white supremacy during the Jim Crow era. The acceptance of this narrative in the North and the South is what allowed for a national reunion, like we said. White people united over their hate for black people. Yep. We're not going to agree over whether black people should be slaves or not, but we definitely hate them. Right. At the very least, they're not our equals. We can all get behind that. This next part of this article is breaking my brain a little bit, but I'm not going to have no sympathy for people. It's just what the fuck it is. All major wars and their aftermaths compel a struggle over their memory. Commonly, war leaves emotional, logistical, and physical challenges of mourning, recovering, and even survival. Sometimes the losers of war prevail over the winners in contests to shape historical memory. And of course, we know this is what happened regarding how the Civil War has been remembered, commemorated, talked about in the history books, etc., In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, white Southerners and their northern allies constructed a lost cause tradition. The lost cause emerged as a series of mourning rituals and as a psychological response to trauma of defeat. This is the part that I'm just like, this is some bullshit. I mean, it's true, but the picture they're trying to paint here is just ridiculous. The Confederacy had truly been defeated. Slavery, its system of labor, and social organization had been destroyed. The social infrastructure, railroads, harbors, schools, and in some cases, whole cities had been devastated. Hundreds of thousands of white Southern men and even teenage boys were dead or crippled with wounds. Plantations had been laid to waste in certain regions of the South. The former Confederacy was a land of ruins. Listen, man, I don't know who wrote that, Sounds very sympathizing. Like, I know where this article came from, but um, how you gonna sit here and depict the people who used to own slaves as victims and try to downplay the atrocities that they visited upon black people who were enslaved? Th- this is the shit that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your social infrastructure is destroyed and you deserved every scrap of that. You earned the destruction of that infrastructure. Yes, you They did. reassembled that shit anyway because slavery didn't just magically go away when the Confederates lost. No, we've talked about that a thousand times in several different episodes. Plantations were devastated. I almost feel like they are not even talking about the American Civil War aftermath. Can I just say, I feel like they copied this out of some UDC textbook or some well, this shit. this is talking about them, so of course. It is talking about them. I'm just saying, like, what I'm reading is not in quotes or anything. Which article is this? Is it on their website? Because if so, that makes all the sense. This is from Britannica. <laughs> oh... Well, they probably just copied and pasted. I mean, this could be <laughs> from, from a, a history textbook <laughs> or from a textbook. I mean, it could be. I'm just saying, like, and never mind all the destruction suffered by the union. That doesn't matter. You're not going to talk about that? No, of course not. Even though Britannica is supposed to be non-biased, but. I'm not reading this article straight through. I just pull sections out of it. But, um. <laughs> Sounds very sympathetic to the confederacy yeah the way that was written was ridiculous plantations whole cities themselves had been bitch please 
Never mind all the black towns that white supremacists have destroyed and still continue to. Okay, I'm going to have to move on. Oh, boy. Lost cause advocates needed explanations and stories in which to embed their woe, loss, and hatred. And so they called for the nation to reconcile by equally honoring both Confederate and Union sacrifices. You know, it's wild. I don't think they accomplished the... uh... And I was about to say they did. I think... Oh, you believe they did? I believe they made it seem like, for the most part, this was just an unfortunate sequence of events where both sides were hurt. Because you got supporters. I'm in Ohio. And they got fucking Confederate flags flying up here. But when you talk about honoring union sacrifices... I do not believe that has now, been accomplished. I, I disagree with that. I agree with your point. And that right there is what, I, what I'm talking about. The way they try to distance themselves from perpetuating the hate-filled rhetoric of what the Confederacy stood for. They'll say things like, no, 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 we want everyone to be acknowledged, including the union, when in reality, that's not what you stand for. They pay lip service so they can look like the good guys. It is white women, how to be a victim 101. Yeah. This article goes on to talk about how the honoring and near sainthood of General Robert E. Lee began right after his death in 1870. Many of his former officers spun a tale, as the way I say. (laughs) It says they fashioned a history of the war that made Lee a nearly infallible warrior, betrayed by lesser subordinates. (laughs) That is not what happened. Even in the North, Lee was widely venerated as a supremely able soldier and a model of Christian righteousness. Yeah, nothing says Christianity like advocating for the enslavement. Of people. (laughs) Oh, dear God. Of course, this admiration for Lee sparked outrage from critics, probably people who are on the winning side of the Civil War. Uh, They didn't understand how a loser in a rebellion that could have been prosecuted as treason could be deemed a public icon. In 1871, Frederick Douglass spoke out against the uh, Lost Cause narrative and called it a Lee cult. Mm-hmm. Agreed, Frederick Douglass. And by the 1890s, Lost Cause culture had emerged, <laughs> especially through the work of the UDC, which were elite Southern white women. I feel like we're figuring out who the worthy... Uh, confederates were when you talk about elite southern white women they of course have built monuments lobbied congressmen delivered lectures ran essay contests we talked about that earlier raised money and strove to control the content of history textbooks Mm. all for the sake of depicting the south as victorious i wanted to read this in his two volume memoir The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, 1881, former Confederate President Jefferson Davis argued that slavery was in no wise the cause of the conflict and that slaves had been contented with their lot. 
he too declared the lost cause not lost. Well, may we rejoice in the regained possession of self-government. This is the great victory. A total non-interference by the federal government with the domestic affairs of the state. It also says here, I found this very interesting. When 21st century conservative politicians and judges demand the return of power to the states, they, knowingly or not, are echoing the words of Jefferson Davis. They know. If they can dig all the way back into the 13th century to uh, cite the laws of England or whatever the fuck, they know. They're aware. They're very proud of their heritage, very Mm -hmm. proud of their Southern heritage. Very keen to continue to uphold white supremacy by any means necessary. By any means necessary. Why don't we talk about some of these monuments? Before I go there, I wanted to read this quote. Oh, yes. And I actually kind of wanted to dig in a little bit into why the UDC was actually quite ingenious in their plan to corrupt textbooks because the thing is children especially at that time and even still today were the purview of their mothers grandmothers aunts and men didn't have a lot to do with them even though men themselves started out as boys who were the purview of their mothers grandmothers aunts whatever and what the udc understood was that children if you get them early and indoctrinate them early, they are more likely to grow up believing what you tell them. And it'll have time to root inside of their minds and become their truths. And so it'll perpetuate without you having to do much of anything. And I think that's where they were really brilliant. I have a quote here from Mrs. I.W. Faison or Faison. Don't know. Don't really care. She's a racist piece of shit. She presented this quote at the UDC's annual convention in Wilmington, North Carolina in 1909. This bitch gonna say, we must see that the correct history is taught our children and trained them not in hatred towards the North who differed from us, but in knowledge of true history of the South in the war between the states and the causes that led up to the war so that they will be able to state facts and prove that they are right in the principles for which their fathers fought and died and continue to preserve and defend their cause until the whole civilized world will come to know that our cause was just and right. There is an expression often used by our people as the lost cause. Let us forget such, for it is not true. No, our cause was not lost because it was not wrong. And when you think about what the Confederacy stood for, and then you think about that statement, (sighs) please put two and two together and get four the cognitive dissonance (laughs) the mental gymnastics the caucasity the fucking caucasity of this bullshit so they had a lot of iconography as well they were responsible for monuments flags all sorts of shit in 1932 alone 
the North Carolina division of the UDC placed 183 portraits of Confederate figures in the state's public schools, along with 206 Confederate flags. The following year, it was 865 flags. This article that I'm uh, referencing starts to talk about the essay contest that you spoke about earlier, Raven, and they had topics like <laughs> the origin what? of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, yes. And the right of secession. And submissions for these essays were routinely in the thousands, yo. This is the type of indoctrination that people are facing. So when they are super confused, I get it. I still think, how could you be this dense? But I get it because you've been indoctrinated to think these things. You're not thinking for yourself. I'm so sorry. They fucked y'all up and they've been doing it. It was predominantly for the white youth, but it also helped to teach non-white folks that they were subordinate to the white people of the South, which makes it really interesting, sidebar, when they talk about there are laws and stuff trying to be put into place nowadays because they want to protect the feelings of the white people, but they had no qualms for the past 100 or so years destroying the souls of Black children saying that they were lesser than or that their people were happy being slaves. They have no qualms. Mm -mm. So the UDC themselves were responsible for a lot of monuments, but they had help from the United Confederate Veterans and the Sons of Confederate Veterans. And what they did was create a super white supremacist committee called the Rutherford Committee. They don't think of themselves like that, but eh, no, they are. They are. <laughs> On May 29th, 1890, a giant, literally that's what they said, statue of Robert E. Lee was unveiled in front of 100 to 150,000 people. I know that the UDC got their official start in 1894, but they were becoming at that time. Yeah, like I said, there were those lady circles. There were those lady circles and societies that essentially amalgamated into the UDC. Exactly. I didn't know this till we started doing our research, but that first Robert E. Lee statue, it was supposed to be the first on Monument Avenue that would include four statues of Confederate war heroes. I think it was Robert E. Lee Stonewall Jackson, Jefferson Davis, and I forget the fourth guy. But uh, they had a street and it was supposed to be basically like, hey, these are our big dogs. Why do people like that always have to like deify the people that they like? They like legit worship them, which is hilarious, right? It is so strange, isn't it? Again, it's a trauma response to defeat. These also are the same people who claim to be Christian. And I was raised Christian as were you. And uh, I know that you should not have any other gods before me, but yet and still they worship at least people. Oh, they don't actually care about that. No, no, no. I know. They don't live by everything. The Bible says. You're Come absolutely right. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't actually believe everything the Bible says. No, only the convenient shit. I forgot. What I also found interesting is they had a whole ass monument ceremony that included bringing dignitaries. And actually back in the day, when they were still alive, they used to have Confederate speakers, like people who fought in the Confederacy, 
And, you know, I mean, eventually you're going to run out of those guys because death. But until that point, they would always try to have a Confederate speaker come and speak at the unveiling of a statue. And then they would have children unveil the actual statue. It was always boys, by the way, accompanied by a court of girls. And it was just such a big deal to be chosen. Mm -hmm. Really, really terrifying shit. It was such an honor to be chosen. And they would choose from Confederate families, you know, people who were those worthy Confederate families that we talked about earlier that nobody actually knows who the fuck, but white folks were many. And they would have the boys unveil the statue because they thought this was a gift to the future generations to connect them with their past. And it was only proper that a child should unveil the statue because it was very symbolic. Anyway, as far as the statues and monuments that the UDC is responsible for, it says estimates vary, but from 450 to 700 statues, markers, and buildings dot the landscape of the South and other parts of the United States. The thing is, is that these bitches didn't just stay in a lane and stick to the South. They have fucking monuments put up in Boston, Massachusetts, Helena, yep. Montana, and fucking Phoenix, Arizona. I don't even know when Arizona became a state. It's like, why? Stay in your fucking lane. Just stick to your racist ass South. But you got to put monuments and shit up in states that had nothing to do with the Confederacy. Like, fuck out of here. I know they went and they perpetuated their hatred and their lies all over the goddamn nation, but... 1912, Arizona became a state. Oh, my God. They weren't even around as a state. (laughs) The first statue that the UDC was responsible for was one of Jefferson Davis. They started in 1899, but that was unveiled in 1907. They're also responsible for the carvings in Stone Mountain in Georgia. That started in 1916 and was finished in 1972. They didn't always get what they wanted. And I'm actually surprised this one didn't go through. In 1923, they got this congressman to try and lobby for them so they could create a Mammy monument that they wanted to build in D.C. to honor enslaved Black women. In his speech or whatever it is called, when you try to give your reasoning as to why you want a bill passed, he said those people, meaning the black women that this statue was, quote unquote, to commemorate, they were children. And those were the golden, happy days of their lives being enslaved. And the UDC wanted to recognize that. But why do you as an organization of white women want to recognize that? Where are the black women who want to recognize that? They try to do shit like this to say, see, we're not racist. We want to honor black women, even though it's with a mammy fucking statue, which was your idea of what black women represented. And also, if it was supposed to commemorate their girlhood, why would you do it with a mammy statue? Well, because mammies are way less intimidating than yes. than a, a young black girl mammies are wise and probably they had stories of the mammies and their families because to them they represent wisdom and protection it makes me think of the it's white people who think chance. that black people don't have any issue today because they have never had a conversation with a black person about the discrimination 
that they face. And so they truly do not believe that black people face discrimination. It's like, no, um, yeah, we're not going to be talking to you because you're out of touch about it. You were out of touch. You're going to do the invalidation bullshit. Mm -hmm. You're going to be dismissive. Well, black people are so oppressed. And how come Beyonce and Jay-Z make more money than I do? Yeah, I mean, you're a dumbass, anyone who says oh, that. Oh, Jesus. It's tough to get through to white people. It, it truly is. It's wild that, like, they honestly think that they are more of an authority on the black experience Ooh, than black people child, are. Child, you better motherfucking say that <laughs> shit. Oh, my You better Lord, say that shit. That applies to any predominant culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're focusing on what we're talking about here right now. Exactly. Yeah, that's what those bitches done did. And they're still currently doing. They Now they say they're into preservation of the monuments, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get into that. And the prime of the UDC around the First World War, they had somewhere around 100,000 members. But in 2000, it was estimated that there were only around 25,000 members across 700 chapters in 32 states. These people are doing some stupid shit, like suing universities, city councils, other public institutions like this for removing Confederate monuments or just moving them and for renaming buildings. Because, you know, a bunch of buildings around the country were named after Confederate rebels. And so people are like, oh, we need to change that. Mm -hmm. And so the UDC has sued, though, because, of course... They donated substantial amounts of money to have different monuments erected, to have buildings named or to sponsor part of a building's construction. So that's part of the reason that they sue. There was some monument uh, the ladies sued because they said, we own the monument that the city council had decided to remove. And they said they owned the land it was on. It's municipal How can land. you own public property? Okay, anyway. Yeah. If it's municipal land, you do not own it. Or everyone owns it who pays taxes. Speaking of taxes, each year, the Virginia budget awards the state UDC tens of thousands of dollars for the maintenance of Confederate graves, which has totaled more than $1.6 million since 1996. What? Yeah, just 1996. What? Holy shit. And that's taxpayer <laughs> money, by the way. That you also get from fucking black people and Latinx people, Asian people, white people oh, who don't yeah. agree with this shit. Wow. Okay. University of North Carolina Chapel Hill spent at least 390000 since the Charlottesville riots for extra security around Silent Sam, which is that stupid Confederate statue they had on their university campus. So that's what the UDC chapter was doing in North Carolina, was maintaining security around Confederate monuments. Security for a goddamn statue? What is wrong with us in this country? Too much. These ladies established the Children of the Confederacy in 1896. This, I guess, youth arm of the United Daughters of the Confederacy facilitated field trips for boys and girls to visit historic sites and clean up cemeteries. And I guess in little meetings or whatever that they have, they memorize passages from the UDC's Confederate Catechism, which is a summary of 
the organization's principles. And I guess this is an excerpt from it. It doesn't specify that this is an excerpt, but I'm going to assume that. The war, reads a text from 1904, was caused by the disregard on the part of the states of the North for the rights of the Southern or slaveholding states. And slaves were faithful, devoted, and were always ready and willing to serve them. I go numb after a point of listening to this and researching this. I just, it eats at your soul. They really believe this shit. They really do. Well, I think their descendants believe it now. I think off the top, when it first began, the bitches knew they supported slavery and they knew that they were in favor of dehumanizing and torturing and assaulting black people. And now I'm going to say it's pretending the same way that white people don't believe black people when we talk about the reality we fucking live. I don't believe white people when they act like they don't know this shit. I don't believe white people when they talk about when they recite this nonsense about slaves being faithful and devoted. And then in this article with the one lady talking about we're not Nazis or anything. We don't perpetuate hate. We're worse than Nazis. We're just about spreading love and just education. It is no. Gaslighting at its fucking finest. And you are about celebrating people who wanted to subjugate black people. How do you not interpret that as perpetuating hate? And mm -hmm. and then how do you interpret that as spreading love, though? What love? In what way? In what context? By saying that slaves were devoted to their masters and that the masters were kind. They were kind to the slaves. I even heard a narrative that was like, Slave masters, yeah, sometimes they whip their slaves and stuff, but for the most part, they were an investment, so they treated them well. But back to the whole them not being Nazis thing. They're worse than Nazis, because at least you know where Nazis and neo-Nazis and stuff, you know where they stand. They stand 10 toes down on their shit. These people, these we don't have kind words. Yeah, this is throwing rocks and hiding your hands sort of shit. You're worse than Nazis because you're lying. You're trying to gaslight everyone and pretend that you are the victim. You can tell this is some white women bullshit because this is their M.O. They love to pretend they'll do stuff. And this is not not even about to say it because if it don't apply, let it fly. No. However, mm -hmm. they love to do this thing where they paint themselves as the victim and everyone else as the victimizer. And then they'll go, look, no, we're the good guys. You're not the good guys. You manipulated the youth. You manipulated the laws. You manipulated everyone. And then you want to turn around and say, but we didn't do anything. And they've done it for generations. And the people who are still part of this organization you're complicit. You guys are actively doing this shit right now. They're part of the efforts, like I said, present day lawsuits, present day efforts to protect statues, present day efforts to dictate what's going into history books. Mm -hmm. You got in on the ground floor with the children because you knew that children had longevity and they have very malleable minds. And so you spread your poison and then you perpetuated it. You feed and you water it and you're still feeding and watering it. And it's growing from generation to generation to generation. You are sick and twisted. This is Intersectional Insights. 
If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.